0: Welcome, nerds and geeks, to the first and probably last episode of Goblins and Guidance. We are the Goblins here to give you all guidance. I'm Calvin, and joining me are
1: David
2: and Andrew. And we set out to answer D and D Reddit's most pressing questions.
0: Okay. Okay. Our first question is by Snooty Boops.
1: Hello, Snooty Boops.
0: <laughs> they write greetings, everyone. I've been interested in D and D for years, but I've never played as I kinda of don't know where to start. Does anyone have any resources or recommendations on where a beginner should look? Well first off this podcast, great place to do it. This is our only uh, episode though, so this is our only episode. <laughs> but it'll be great once it's a full fledged series, it'll be great. Oh. Anyways, uh real suggestions. Okay uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's starting out as a player.
1: Yeah, feel, don't DM. I feel like
0: tips.
2: no for sure. You definitely don't want to DM yeah. first.
1: Mm-hmm. You have to find After... someone who has played D D before and then piggyback yeah. on
0: them. Yeah, you really should find some better plays because uh, a lot of learning experiences happens in game. Mm-hmm. But something you could do beforehand, uh if you have no idea like what class you want to play. Uh series on YouTube, uh, I've shared this with you guys, uh crack D and D. It's a great place to start, I think. Mhm. There's honestly there's a lot of YouTubers that you could look at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um for resources, if you want any of the books and all the rules, they're all uh they're all worth money, but you can find <laughs> them for free on specific websites online that I probably no, can't not, tell you. We
0: we probably shouldn't name
1: so they don't get a caught. Don't worry, you can ask around on the Reddit. I'm sure someone will respond. Yeah. <laughs> if they haven't already, I mean. Yeah. Um yeah. If you've ever played like a video game before, it's kind of like that, but you calculate all the numbers with a pencil. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Make sure you like math before doing any of this.
1: You don't you don't need to like math. You just need to be able to do like addition. No, that's true. Yeah.
0: You have anything to add, Andrew?
1: Um, no, it's just the <laughs> best
2: way to learn is by playing it, which requires finding other people who do know how to play and then getting a campaign together. Um. Yeah. I will say, as both a player and a DM, I think one of the best campaigns to start with is um. what's the title again? Lost Mine of Fandel? Fandelver. Yeah. Chandelver. Lost Mines of Fandelver. Yeah. Like, that's, the, uh, that's
0: a good one. Yeah. Uh, a, I know. Yeah, it's a nice, pretty basic mm-hmm. campaign model.
2: It, it's very nice because I mean, I'm starting out DMing, and it's the first, and it's what I'm uh, DMing for, and uh, it's yeah. very nice. It's it uh, it gives you a lot of stuff to work with already, and there's a lot of room to flesh it out yourself if you want. You're DMing, so, Andrew? I yeah, I I am. Oh. You've
0: got a group at college. I wanted
2: to write. Some there's a there was a thing i wanted to write but i didn't want to do it but i didn't want to do it as like my first ever dming experience so i'm like i'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do lost mine of fandover just to start out since i already you, know it
1: who are you playing with
2: uh people from the my college yeah okay
1: okay cool um...
2: a lot of a lot of them are also beginners so it's nice we're all we're all in
0: it together mm-hmm.
2: And then what? I have, and then I have two very experienced players that can, that can uh, help good. me out
0: as well. I'm looking for for people here. There's a lot of people in my classes who play, so I'm hoping to get something together. But that brings us to our next question. Uh, by introduction, pale two five three one. Is it too admissions Ambitious that my first campaign as a DM is a homebrew ten plus sessions Thank campaign. You. I, of course, did a write 10-plus sessions, but I have a storyline slash plot that I know would be longer than 10 sessions. Oof. Now, I, I personally don't think it is two admissions. Uh, if you know what you're doing, it's totally something you can do. It is, again, it's very easy to learn the ropes with a pre-written thing, but I'm on board with like writing your own thing if you want to just jump into that.
2: I, d- I definitely think it's doable. What I recommend? no, but you definitely can if you um have the time to put into it. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of it. That's a lot of it, having the time to put into it, I feel like.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. Like, if you already have the storyline, it, yeah, it's a lot of work. If you have the storyline, that's a good start.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but you have to think if the people you're going to play with will be around for 10 plus sessions, too. Because there are a lot of groups that start off strong and just break up, because people get too busy.
1: Homebrew in general, is just a lot of work. Like, you have to make all the maps, gotta make all the characters.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely a lot of resources out for DMs that are doing that, though, and it's it's easier than it has been. And there's a lot of like, make, map building is really uh, hard to do on your own, but there's great resources, like Incarnate. I mm-hmm. just recently made some maps with that, that they look great to me
1: yep i i agree to use them (laughs) it does for like if you want really special stuff on incarnate it does cost money um yeah yeah, it does you also have to like drag every piece out one by one i think
0: uh there's like there's a way to like mass stamps stuff but yeah for the most part you have to drag out each thing
1: yeah so if you're gonna do homebrew, just make sure you got the time to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you're doing this homebrew, you you got to put the effort in.
2: I will say one of the one of the um first, or it's something you don't really realize your first time as a player, but as your first time as a DM, you realize you have a storyline in mind and you know what it's gonna be, and then your players just
1: don't do it.
0: Oh yeah, no, they're definitely gonna. If you're not railroading like this, it's gonna go off the tracks. Yeah, it's gonna be is isn't I mean. a bad thing.
1: It's not a bad. This a bad thing. It's a bad just thing. you just got to be.
0: You gotta be prepared for it. You gotta make up contingencies to you know just bring them back closer to that
1: track. Mm-hmm. You wanna
0: tell you, you don't want to tell them what to do, but you also want to like keep them around the area that you want them to be. <laughs> There's a balance you have to play. This.
2: Yeah, here you need. Many backup plans to get to get them the information and motivations they want, even if they don't do it the way you initially would intend.
1: Yeah, something I realized.
2: And sometimes, let them do it. Like a yeah, for anyone oh, yeah. Who, for anyone who knows the beginning of Fendover, when you go into a Kragma hideout. You're supposed to clear out and fight all the goblins, right? Well, my players <laughs> they get the they got the goblins on a block, uh, hooked on blockchain. <laughs> it's really funny, and I'm like, you know what? That's brilliant. I'm going to let them skip this dungeon by a deal because this blockchain idea is just so funny.
0: It was really good. <laughs> oh yeah, choosing NFTs to D and D.
2: Yeah, no, they they were basically doing NFTs in in D and D. It was, no fail throws. It was, it was a whole scam wow. and everything because the artificer was like I, I I made this special totem that can do all these sorts of wacky things and then when they left he realized, I just realized I didn't infuse anything.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, they did a good job convincing the goblins. Mean it, it sounds like they convinced themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our next question is by Unselfish Ignition. How Who gets to you? choose the creatures summoned from the spell Conjure Animals?
1: You?
0: There's, there's a lot of debate about this question, about this spell.
1: Ah, uh, I actually don't know, so I'm looking it up right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, go for it.
1: Conjure Animals so, by V.
0: Yeah, the way the spell is is like written, it says you summon face spirits that take the form of beasts and appear in unoccupied spaces they can see within range. Choose one of the following options for what appears. You can the summoner has the option of choosing one beast of child rating two or lower, two beasts of child rating one or lower, four of one half or lower, or eight of one fourth or lower. Um, and at the end of this, it says the DM has the creature's statistics. So there's two ways to like interpret this, is that it's either the uh, summoner. Uh, is choosing the CR rating and the creature, or that the is choosing the CR rating and then the DM is the one choosing the creature?
1: Well, awesome. so, the DM has its statistics, right? Yeah. So, it's really, uh, I think it's up to the DM, because the DM just chooses the statistics, but, like, mm-hmm. if the person wants to... If I were DMing, right, I, I would just let the person choose... Actually... You know, that's a good question. Um, I think how it's like supposed to be played flavor wise is like you can conjure the animals, but you don't know what animals they are until you conjure them.
0: Yeah, so this was one of those spells that were so confusing. They had to make uh Wizards of the Coast had to make this whole thing called Sage uh advice that where they like break to like questions like this and there's this like long like two page one just about um like spells like this uh and Jer- jeremy crawford you know the big rule guy uh states that it is the dm choosing the creature and they say he says for example conjure minor out of elementals offers four options the first two being one elemental of child's writing two or lower or two elementals and one lower, blah, blah, blah. Same thing, it's conjuranimals. Okay. Uh, And it's like, like conjuranimals, the spellcaster chooses one of them, and then the DM decides what creatures appear. I had a lot of issues with one of my players where he didn't understand this. And like, we, I tried everything I could to explain this to him, but like, sit down and I, I try to compromise with my players. So, I gave him a list of creatures that I approved. Uh, where, like, you choose this. This will be, this is what you can choose to be summoned if you're, in, like, this area. Cause, uh, I like realism in my games. So, oh. if you're in, if you're underwater, you can't summon, like, a tiger or something. <laughs> so, like, I, I try to give him a set list of, like, what he can summon. And he just, uh, would not compromise. it Exploded with me.
1: Okay. Um, that sounds but, like a bad experience.
0: Yeah, it was. It was pretty bad. But like, that's how I run spells like conjure animals. Yep.
1: Remember, guys, the DM's always right unless he tells yeah. you you're right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, ultimately, it's up to you, know your DM. If, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I I've read there are a lot of DMs who just like yeah you can choose whatever you want.
1: Yeah, like. The rules are just suggestions.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I will say, um, I do abide by the rule that flavor is free. So honestly, if the DM is the one choosing the statistics, I think the player could, I think it's valid to also say the player could just choose what the animal is and then it just has those stats. Yeah. And then flavor its attacks and actions or or whatever around the animal it chooses. Like, yeah
0: could. that's a lot of work, but you could definitely do
1: it. It's totally up to the dm mm-hmm. yeah like for example, in one of my uh i the session once, and uh we had one person who kept on using press pres- okay I still don't know how to say it press dedication. press 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 dedication okay i keep, thinking, I, keep <laughs> I keep thinking it's pronounced like digit. You know? Yeah. So, prestidigation? But that's not right. So, no. I, I, I'm just really bad at pronouncing anyway, yeah, it. Anyway, it says in the rules somewhere that like it can create a pleasant aroma, so I just had a player who made everyone high.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was... I was there for that. That was really funny. Um, and that brings us to our next question. Using prestidigation to throw a rock at someone. Wait! Uh, this question is brought by Art Artrizia.
1: Wait, one second. Uh, <laughs> I looked up pres- prestidigation, and there's a second T, because uh, cause it does have digit. It's pres- yeah. prestidigitation. Yeah. Pres- prestidig- okay, so it's not pronounced <laughs> prestidigation. It's pronounced no. prestidigitation. Prestidigitation.
0: Prestidigitation. No this is one of those words no one can like, pronounce right.
1: Well, if you can pronounce Pneumona ultra microscopic silicoptinoyosis, you should be able to pronounce prestidigitation. And I can't pronounce that yeah. either. So, what are you trying to say? Press to digitation. <laughs> press, press, like impress to digitation.
0: Press to digitation. Press, press. to
1: digitation. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this, is is, this question is, is written by artrisia. As part of prestidigitation, you create a non-magical, you can create a non-magical trinket or delusory image that can fit in your hand and that lasts till the end of your next turn. There's a rule about it needing to stay in your hand, right? So hypothetically, I could make a rock engraved with a swear word and chuck it at someone as an improvised weapon. But yeah. Does actually do damage. And what if I hand it to my monk party member? Just how far can I push this cantrip? It kind of looks like sky's the limit here. It has a uh, range. Well, the spell says it
2: has a range of ten feet, and I think, does it? I, it does. It says a range of ten feet. And a second thing is, um, uh, one of these here, I, I'm pretty sure the cantrip is intended to like not do.
0: Um. Oh yeah, I don't. I would never allow this to actually do damage because even if like it, you, she did summon an actual rock and like just chucked it at someone. There's no way that would actually like hurt more than at best one point of damage yeah yeah
1: I mean it's like, it's really just like an, if you threw like an empty bottle at someone right yeah right. It's yeah a, it's, it's an improvised to, like, weapon
0: which it's is what it's she's a asking pebble.
1: they're asking
2: wait, did you do throw... no, oh no no no, no. there's, did there's just, actually
0: huh?
2: did, did Calvin did did you just say that throwing a rock would never do more than one damage did I hear you right on that
0: Okay, so if you have to remember this, that like damage in DAD, um, is like mortally life-threatening damage. If I chucked a pebble at you, it's gonna hurt, but it's not gonna like threaten your life or anything.
2: No, because in because remember, remember when I, I remember threw when a rock.
0: David almost killed someone by throwing a rock,
2: <laughs> and now
1: you're saying that throwing a rock can kill someone. I think okay, <laughs> If I if I took a rock the size of my fist and I chucked it at your head. And it hit you in your head. I think that could have the potential to kill you. So I'm looking up uh, rules for improvised weapons. (laughs) Uh, Okay, improvised weapon. It does 1d4 damage. And it has a range of 20 feet and a long range of 60 feet. So, so, okay. And also, there's also a trinket table that you can find online. And so if you can summon any non-magical trinket, you can summon like, uh, a gemstone that looks like a lump of coal when examined by anyone but you. you. That's right. All. Like, yeah.
0: You or can you can. But
1: yeah. So so I think I think I would al- if I was the DM, I would allow that. I mean, you'd be better off throwing anything else. But
0: it only has a range. It, it, it
2: only has a range of ten feet in many ways. It's not Yeah, gonna get it, a lot it of technically
0: things. does only have a range of ten feet, so I don't think if. You throw it; it would have to be within that ten feet range.
1: That's, um, I think, that's fair because it would be like yeah. disappearing from your magical aura or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: like, um, I, I would still only do like one point of damage, but I think it would be very funny, uh, to just throw a rock that says "fuck" at your enemy. <laughs> it. It's it's like poking
1: <laughs> someone I, in worms.
0: I, yeah, I think it's yeah focus on the worms. I think it's it's a nice way to taunt people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe you could use it to finish
0: someone like you knock someone oh, and, and they take two oh. death saving throws how sad would it be if you were finished by by a rock that says cunt <laughs> i
2: mean what what was joe cat's uh adage in um the which i don't remember which um crap guy did D was but one of them was like Oh, I think it was warlock. Your patron could be a sword, in, a sword that every time you swing it just screams.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he was talking about hexblade. Yeah, warlocks.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I should Something run like that. hexblade. That sounds fun.
0: <laughs> I I should play a uh, warlock. I warlock should
1: make it. my campaign. You should. Yeah.
0: Remember, homebrew campaigns are a, a, a lot of a lot of work. A lot of work. I'm just waiting for. November. Ooh, I think I our my it. first session's all set.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if the scheduling's even gonna work. Well, the scheduling in up. D&D is killer, man.
0: Yeah, is yeah. <laughs> annoying. <laughs>
1: like, getting six people open at the same time for four hours is really hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's so, the like, next question? Oh, Glorious like, DM yeah. Calvin. Goblin Calvin.
0: Mix it like with me. <laughs> me for the shit. <laughs>
1: Okay, we got a lot of questions uh,
0: here. Oh, yeah, okay. And this next question is by Tommy Wise Austin 420 Oh, nice. Uh, he has a D&D player problem. I okay. I have a, he says, I have a campaign that I've been running for about six sessions now, and I have a player in it that I don't know how to deal with. I'm the DM, and I always encourage players to have fun and just make it an enjoyable time. That's why it's D&D. One of my players though purposefully derails the campaign to the point where they're halfway on the other side of the map from where they're supposed to be. Before the campaign I'm running now, we had a separate trilogy of campaigns set after this with the same group. When I rebooted it, though, the same player who I'm talking about ended up playing the exact same character as their old one, even though the only difference is that their new one is a Dragonborn. They're complaining that this campaign is the exact same as the old one, even though it's totally different and more lore-heavy. I've known this person for a long time, but the entire group is getting fed up with them, and so am I. I don't want to outright kick them from the group or anything, because I don't want to hurt our friendship. What should I do? This is a very loaded and kind of tricky question. Yeah. There...
1: Yeah. Well, you can't kick them, right? So...
0: You can kick them. Oh, you could. Uh, he doesn't well, want to kick them, He does. Though.
1: Yeah, so in this context, kicking is not the solution.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. You definitely, you got to sit down on top with him. And if he, like, keeps doing it, eventually, kicking really becomes the only option.
1: I mean, part of me also wants to say just, like, ignore the part, ignore what he
2: says that you disagree with. But I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. 100% doable if he's going to. I don't know. It, it yeah, depends
1: on what, this, what the setting
0: is like, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what it sounds like to me is that they were doing one campaign, um, and then they restarted that campaign. Uh, there's some missing like context of like why they're doing I that. Rebooted it. Yeah, he says they rebooted it, um, and he's the players upset that it's the exact same like campaign. Oh,
1: which, it's, I think they like. It's like how Disney makes live action remakes.
0: Yeah, it sounds <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> but like he he knew what was happening when they decided to reboot this. He should have been expected that they were going to be a little bit sour the same.
2: That's valid. Um,
0: though it does sound like he says it's totally different. Like they went further with the lore. Yeah. Um, but also they made the exact same character, which is kind of a <laughs> stupid thing to do.
1: No, this one's a dragonborn, um, though.
0: Oh, oh my <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this one's scaly, not a furry. How could I be mistaken?
1: Now, yeah. now he has fire breath, so he's more yeah. broken.
0: Right. Um, Except
2: those things never hit. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean, okay. So there's a lot of things you could do as a DM. One, you're you're the DM. If he's derailing this hard, you could always fix that and just force them back. It's you're the god of this game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of a dick thing to do to your players but if that's what has to happen it has to happen you could just keep
1: killing that one guy off over and over again how many of the same characters (laughs) can they make Right,
2: as many as there are races (laughs) (laughs) of course and anyways i mean i think if i remember correctly he said in the in the statement that like the rest of the party also seems to be annoyed with him. so the yeah, only person just... who'd be annoyed is the person that's annoying them so
0: yes yeah, the entire group is getting fed up Make him the um, joke
1: character just like he he dies and that's all you, totally that. you die
0: you could can... <laughs> okay so if, if you don't want to outright kick them annoy them so much that they leave themselves <laughs> well, he doesn't want to
1: hurt the friendship, right?
0: Right, he doesn't want to hurt the friendship, but <laughs> at some point you gotta like think about the bigger picture. If the entire group isn't having fun, you kind of have to weigh like if keeping the, this table alive. Yeah, you gotta be more
1: lawful neutral. Going
0: down with because of one person.
1: You're being too uh, lawful good right now. Mm-hmm. That's
0: yeah.
1: Stop. Stop.
2: You
0: gotta Stop. No. <laughs> Stop you gotta get Go rid the of the chart. bad
1: scene. We're, we're done with that. We're
0: done with that. You don't like the chart? Man, we, I like the don't. chart. I like I, the, it, I like it, the it, chart as like the homework. basis. I think it's homework yeah,
1: homework. You have to be able to change it through a campaign.
0: Yeah. No, like you, everyone's, I think, is free to do what they want, but I think it's a good place to start like how your character should act. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Hot take, but I don't hate the the alignment chart. I
0: yeah, I don't <laughs> hate the alignment chart. Um the chart was definitely more relevant in previous editions, but like I don't, I still don't yeah. hate it.
1: Wasn't it in like one of the editions? If you played paladin, you had to be lawful.
0: Yeah, like in previous editions, it'll tell you like, uh, especially races and like, um, and classes. It tells you like what you have to play. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of like, if you go against it, and you start doing like evil acts, then you will lose like all your paladin powers and stuff
1: yeah i i think i think that's cool though like if you break your oath
0: yeah i might just do that as a dm (laughs) there's a lot of like stuff in previous editions that like i think are pretty cool Mm -hmm. um but a lot like very complicated Mm -hmm. um for the edition they definitely like simpled it down which is nice
1: yeah okay so we didn't really answer your question but we kind of answered your question (laughs)
0: <laughs> we kind of it's we gave you him options yeah
1: me are, are they good
0: ones maybe <laughs> that's, as as, i, I as would talk again. to him i would talk to him but if he keeps doing this up i'm i i do not think there's anything you can really do but yeah, you gotta to be him.
2: harder i think
0: okay yeah. as soon as dandy
2: stops being fun that's when you should stop playing dd <laughs> yeah
0: yeah if it's if it's too much of a chore and it's like and you're like dreading a session coming up that's the sign that it's not like worth it it's not good you gotta fix it
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all righty what's next Oh, okay, wait, let's go I, with, uh... I, I have learned, like, oh, okay yeah what do you want to do uh as a soul knife
2: player myself uh i would i do would like to discuss this one uh where is it Uh, by Waffle Kin, we have as a Mm -hmm. soul knife rogue. Am I able to use my bonus action offhand psychic blade attack? If my attack action did not use psychic blade, I just got a cool homebrew magic sword that I'm worried I won't end up getting to use. Now
0: I haven't played a soul knife, so now
2: let me read the actual description. uh, Mm -hmm. just as a standard here. You manifest your psionic power as shimmering blades of psychic energy. Whenever you take the attack action, you can manifest a psychic blade from your free hand and make the attack with that blade. This magic blade is a simple melee weapon with the finesse and thrown properties. It has a normal range of 60 feet and no long range. And on a hit, it deals psychic damage equal to 1d6 plus the ability modifier you used for the attack roll. The blade vanishes immediately after it hits or misses its target, and it leaves no mark on its target if it deals damage. Now this is the relevant part. After you attack with the blade, you can make a melee or ranged attack with a second psychic blade as a bonus action on the same turn. And if your other hand is free to create, the damage die of this bonus attack is 1d4 instead of 1d6. So, uh, the description implies that you need to use your main action to attack with one psychic win. But, thinking about
0: this logically, like, in my head, that doesn't make sense. I feel like. Uh, So, the way it's written, it definitely is, like, when you make the attack action, you're doing one with your main hand with the 1d6, and Mm -hmm. then a second one with with the 1d4. Uh, If I was the DM for this, I would totally allow you to attack with a sword in one hand and then in the other hand do the one d four as a to actually because that's just it, it feels like why give this person weapons when their base when their basic thing is giving them weapons yeah hundred
1: Rule, rules as written though the wording definitely seems like you have yeah. to, after you attack with the blade you can make a mm-hmm. melee or range to attack with a second a second so what I would do is uh uh. R- buy your dm
0: a lot of mcdonald's <laughs> bribe your dm to allow you to do it yeah. This, is, yeah. yeah this is another thing you definitely have to talk with your dm about using yeah. it um but if i was doing it i would let you yeah rules it, as right. written you need
2: to use two psychic blades if you're going to use a bonus action for it but
0: mm-hmm.
2: i would i a hundred percent i agree that you should be able to use a regular weapon in your main hand and then psychic blade in the offhand like, like if I'm DMing a soul knife, I would let them do that, just because mm-hmm. it doesn't make... Like, think about logic, it just doesn't make sense why you need to attack with two psychic blades. Like I don't yeah. even know what the rationale would be for that in, like, in, like,
1: in-universe.
0: The, the only rationale, like, thing I could do, think of, is if you're doing, like, a stealth mission, and you can't, like, carry a sword with you. It was like, you can summon these things, but it, it definitely feels like if you can't do that, it's um, definitely nerfing the Soul knight Rogue a lot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: David, you want to read out this question?
1: All right. So I played Ranger and Fighter. So this is like my favorite question. Good afternoon. Does Sharpshooter's trait third benefit work? What? Uh, uh, does sharpshooter work with seeking arrow? Because, unlike the piercing arrow, which has similar mechanics of work but which strikes in a straight line, the seeking arrow finds the target itself and makes an automatic hit and replaces the attack roll with an alternative attack roll in the form of a saving throw against the arrow. Even in the case of a successful roll, this does not save from an arrow. Therefore, I will ask you to consider it separately regarding the piercing shot and do not refer to the particular answer. Okay. Yeah, they warded that weird, but basically... They
0: definitely did. Uh, That was submitted by Aware Limit 2573.
1: Yes. So, okay. uh, way to out him. like. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, right. Seeking Arrow, it's, like, really cool. It, like, shoots a homing arrow. And then Sharpshooter, if you are unaware of what it does, uh, you take a negative 5 to the attack roll to hit, and then you get plus 10 to damage. Yeah. Okay. So, this uh, is awesome.
0: That does say minus five penalty to the attack roll. If the attack hits, you add plus ten to the attack's damage. Uh, seeking arrow. I, I've never used seeker before, so let me just read this real quick. So,
1: here I can show you. Um, you grant your arrow the ability to seek out your target, allowing the arrow to curve and twist its way to its prey. Um, you don't make an attack roll. Instead, one creature, you pick a creature you've seen in the past minute, and it flies towards the creature around corners if necessary, and ignoring three quarters cover and half cover. So yeah, it's like a homing arrow, and then, um, if the target is within the range and there's a path large enough for the arrow to travel to the target, so it's like it's not through walls, um, the target must make a dex saving throw on a failed save, it takes damage as if it were hit by the arrow plus an extra one d six, and then on a successful save, it takes half as much. Yeah. And I'd say that is kind of broken.
0: Yeah, it's- so it it is an automatic hit, um. That definitely seems way too broken for me to allow it. I think I would allow it, but... um, But it's without... If you do it, it's without the minus 5 penalty to attack roll, because there's no attack roll. Exactly. So instead, <laughs> I think what I would do is add a plus 5 to the target's um, deck save.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That seems fair to me. Because like you're still going to get... Even if it passes, you're going to get an extra plus 5 damage.
1: This is another uh, one of those yeah. questions where you have to bribe your DM
0: yeah no, i feel, I know i
2: feel like 90 percent of D is consult the dm and see what they think but yeah I, my my opinion for this one i think yeah, i think it would be fair to say increase the dc by five mm-hmm. or, or lower which or, would, yeah, whatever lower make DC. it harder by five points and then mm-hmm. and then it would work uh, and then uh do the rest as normal yeah
0: yeah
1: so rules as written it would work and i if i were dming i don't know if i would nerf it that much, because keep in mind, they do only get two of these per short rest. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Of Mm -hmm. the Seeking Arrows?
1: Yeah, of any arrow, actually. So you can use one Seeking Arrow and one other one, and that's it until you rest. So, Mm. as as in general, I don't feel like the glass is that broken. But... Mm. The, I,
0: I think you're saying that now, but if anyone ever used it against you, you're, you would change your mind very quickly. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, I would just, I would just always target that character. If they're an archer, how tanky can they be? Right? I
0: how mean, tanky can they be? I mean, your your rangers were always pretty tanky. Uh,
1: they're and, like mid. And this uh, is a fighter. This is a fighter. A, but a a ranger, it's, it's, the, it's so. the same hit die though, and they have the same yeah. armor proficiency. Mm-hmm. So it, there's not a difference. Really, cool. in this case, so yeah, uh, buyer DM McDonald's or Wendy's if they like Wendy's. <laughs> All right,
0: no, no Burger King. Burger King is disgusting,
1: yeah. No, did you know? Okay, I tried their impossible whopper and I think it's yeah. unironically <laughs> better than their actual <laughs> oh, whopper.
0: Is it?
1: <laughs> I think so because it's like softer and not as dry. But
0: it's, it's really exciting too because like, <laughs> I'm not as <really laughs> sure. I've never, I haven't
1: had. Uh, the, the big old BK in a while, so I can. Tell. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really not a great. Don't go
0: there. I I recently went there because I was uh, coming back from a road trip, and I ordered their spicy chicken sandwich, and it was so greasy, like unnecessarily greasy. It was disgusting. It was, you know, when you like make mixed taco meat, and it was like got that taco seasoning water drip out of it. Oh
1: yeah, it was oh. like
0: that levels of like grease.
1: Okay, it we was should very gross. We should make an evil fast food corporation mm-hmm. in our world, McDonald's. No, in McDonald's. our D and D world, I'll oh. say yeah, not McDonald's. It can be called McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, we can make it a French accent too. It's like <laughs> and
0: it ends oh, in a u g of- h. The 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 viewers have no idea why you just said French Uh um,
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> my French accent's is wonderful.
0: They, David and I have made a a homebrew world, in um, we have France, one of the countries, but it's, of it's it's reskinned France. It, it's reskinned France right above reskinned um, England, England Ireland. Yeah, you named all the cities Irish, right? I yeah, <laughs> I named everything <laughs> Irish.
1: Yeah, so it's. And, uh, this might have gotten accidentally controversial. I don't know. <laughs> okay, oh, we're moving on. <laughs> we're on. Okay. This, this
0: next question's uh, we're from
1: stuff. America, so we're we're out yeah. of this whole argument. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever's going on in Europe, I don't know.
0: The I there's dive. something quite big
2: happening in Europe, but let's not talk about that. Right okay. <laughs> okay. okay.
0: Uh, well, this next question's brought to us by Voltarian. Uh, He asks, he or she, I'm not sure, asks, what level should I start my all-caster party at? I'm going to be running a new campaign soon and I'm currently in the character creation stage. In the story, all the players are about to graduate from university where they honed in on their powers for years. And it doesn't feel right to start them at level 1. I gave them the option to pick their majors from a list of magic schools and topics relating to magic and some of them wanted a couple minors as well. And I was debating the possibility of them starting at level 4 instead so they could multi-class if they wanted. All of this is mostly for the sake of the storyline, because even without practical experience outside of class, I think they would be a little bit better than level 1. I guess my question is, what, what is would it even make sense to have my party start slightly higher? And for an all-caster party freshly graduated from university, what level would it make sense that they start it at, if not level 1? <laughs> I,
2: think I, I think... I'm only 11 because it's just it's just a funny joke. I always think about it's like it's someone writing a backstory. They're the hero of this great war, the the mm-hmm. most vicious war in the land. Level and one campaign, level one, level one yeah. campaign dies in the first battle. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's always hilarious when they like talk themselves up, but then they're just like weak as hell because they're all level one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I. I mean
1: level one is stronger than average though right
0: mm-hmm. yeah yes but this is also like graduating from wizarding school basically yeah um so, i personally like if they all picked a major and stuff and stuff like that i would definitely feel like level three is the obvious choice because that's when you pick your subclasses that's true yeah uh,
1: harry that's potter is probably that's like level four. five yeah it's valid uh yeah. but but not everyone's harry potter
0: that's, That's very true. true.
1: So, like... Level three I, makes sense to me. And yeah. then for multiclassing, I have never done that before. So I have no clue.
0: Yeah. A lot of people do start multiclassing at like level four if they are gonna multiclass or wait till later. Um just because you want to get that subclass of your base uh, class. Okay. But I would definitely I think level three is a good starting point for mm-hmm. most campaigns if you're not gonna start at level one. And that's when wizards and stuff do their specialization. So that would make sense with the majors. To me, that's what just makes the most sense.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's hundred percent fair to start a campaign at higher level like that if that's what the story you're going for is. um The only caveat I have is like, there's. It's a classic trope in fiction, but it's like there's a difference between like. Uh, being well experienced in your studies and being well experienced in actually adventuring. And yeah. whether or not that actually translates to to a character level in d and d is up to your discretion.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel like um,
2: yeah. but again, like that whole paper where you're like picking majors and minors in your school, I think from that, that probably makes sense to at least our level three because of that. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and like know. this is a university, um, if we go based on our like you know, American universities and stuff, that's four years of horrible training with actual like instructors and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I definitely feel like leveling up two times isn't such a big stretch for what you know, a school would do for you. Yeah. Um,
1: that is very true. <clears throat>
0: Alright, right, our next question is from Sludgy101. Hi, I have a question. Yeah, okay. So we recently just leveled up to to four, and I am now thinking of getting a feat. Think about getting the telekinetic feat, and was wondering if trying to shove someone with your mind is considered a bonus action, or can you only do that (laughs) using your action? I'm a bard, by the way, so it's either telekinetic or the fey touched feat I'm taking. Okay. Let's take a look at telekinetic.
1: Yeah, you move things. You know, mage hand, um, mm-hmm. and There's as a, a bonus action, you can try yeah. to sh- shove someone.
0: Yeah, it says it right in there. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, you can. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Boom.
0: <laughs> there it is. I, as <laughs> Rules is written. Rules is written. You can shove someone as a bonus action. That's how this works.
1: Yes. Let's let's take a look at fate touched. Fate touched. Fate touched is. Is it is an interesting one. You, you know play. Misty Step and another level one spell. I mean, yeah, if you want more You're spells, gonna... then Oh, you can cast these without spending a skill spell slot? Oh wait. No, it's just
0: like once. Yeah, once, once you, you cast these spells in this oh. way, you can't cast a spell until you finish logress. Okay. But you can like cast them with your um <laughs> spell slot, I think. Yeah. I mean
1: that's still pretty useful. Like you it's, just you yeah, just teleport somewhere with misty step.
0: Mm-hmm. and one of those spells you could choose is Silvery Barbs oh we well, love uh, Silvery Barbs yeah Andrew loves Silvery There's, Barbs I love, I
2: love Silvery Barbs
0: from a DM perspective I hate it but I can also
2: get some players <laughs> why is it because party. it saved our party like
1: 10 million times yeah. well I think also Kelvin fudging the numbers <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: I, <know>. no. uh, <laughs> I don't fudge numbers
1: man that all nighter was a uh, I don't, want, I don't I don't even want to get into it. biking home at 5 a.m. was a process. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice.
0: Okay. All right. Your next one is from I like memes. My players don't respect the BBEG. My players find the BBEG annoying and like a nuisance rather than an evil mage that's laid siege to their hope for 15 years and killed tens of thousands including family, friends, and the most powerful heroes slash leaders of the city. Uh, for anyone listening and don't know what BBEG means, that's uh, your big bad evil guy. You know, the main villain of a campaign. Uh, he has made two appearances. Once he showed up uh, while well, the party level was level 7, one player instantly threw an unconscious body at him and then ignored him completely. The next he was disguised, and when they figured out who he was, they just walked away from him and literally ignored any attempt at roleplay. I had him take down one of the party uh, in a couple hits to show he was a serious threat, but they still didn't care and just walked away ignoring him. What do I do here? Thoughts. Uh, and then he, there's an edit. He asks, What makes you fear or respect a BBG and d d
2: i think the biggest way to get a bbg to matter to your players is to get them to do something with their backstories but at the same okay. time he, he did put in the question that he got tens of thousands including family and friends yeah so, it sounds like
0: he did that already and and it's like, <laughs> the,
2: the, so at that point i think it's just the players just not really caring and so at that yeah. point I, I i got nothing <laughs>
0: I I think you have to like sit down with your players and ask them like to take it a little more seriously. And uh, if they still don't, kill one of them. Just kill one of them. Or maybe that's I'll choose not one the... person and make them die.
2: It's also entirely possible that's not the kind of campaign they want to play, where they have where there's an actual like big and scary like threatening BBG. That
0: is, yeah, that's also true. That's that is like a session zero thing where you have to like set down mm. expectations of. Yeah. Now that you're... Do you really want to have a more campy. Comedic campaign or a more serious one?
1: Yeah, and now that you're in the campaign, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, so, it's
0: very yeah. So very you have hard. to
1: come. I think you have to come to a compromise.
0: You have to come with a compromise. or like, just kill one of them. Or, <laughs> or yeah, them. <laughs> like there's a lot of things with um, uh, Curse of Strahd is a big module where Strad's this you know big vampire guy who is the lord and master of this realm, and there's bunch of campaigns I read about uh, where they kind of just joked with Strahd uh, and insulted him to his face when he's basically God so they died that's what this guy would do if you insult him to his face if you want to get this big evil like intimidating guy kill one of them
1: yeah I mean you have to make him act like, how he's supposed to act, regardless of right. what level the party is. Yeah, no, for sure.
0: Like, if one player instantly threw an unconscious body at him and then ignored him... Explode a fireball to the face.
1: Yeah. Like, you have to actually... I... Sure, he downs him in a couple hits, but, like... Just, like, actually finish the job. Finish him off. Yeah. Oh, like If he didn't know you, what you could do after a player gets down, is if you hit him with a melee attack, that's two failed death saves. And mm. and that's very scary. Yep. So, yeah. If he killed 10,000, then don't be afraid to kill four to six more. Yeah, yeah,
0: just, yeah just, up, just just kill the player. Like, yeah, just do it. <laughs> like, if they, if they don't get how, like, dangerous this guy is, just literally just kill one of them. And that'll, like... And they'll, like, be shocked and upset with you at first, but then they'll, like, like be a, a, like, oh shit, this guy's for real. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds like
2: there was also the perfect opportunity to do to just kill the whole party when he says that. Like, uh, when he downs one of them in a couple hits, they just walked yeah. away. I mean, they're, they're, they're walking away; they're not caring. So, just easy kill right there. <laughs> right,
1: and if that doesn't affect, like, they might just be those kind of people who like they don't care about the game. And mm-hmm. at that point, you need maybe to, you could like. If you want to keep playing with them, you would just have to change the tone of your story. Or, or like, you don't play with them.
0: Yeah, or if you don't, there's there's a very uh, interesting thing where, like, DM-player um, relationship. Because there's so many people who want to be players, but there are very few people who actually want to be DMs. Your players need the DM. but DM does not need players. We can find replacements. Like, it's a harsh reality but it's true Don't do yeah.
1: that. there are some like, really really tough questions I I I, I want to do the fun ones where they're like oh my goodness how do I summon my pet dog into D&D
0: <laughs> we, we've burned through those questions uh, David no! social issues no this this one uh, is from Fun Ambulance Hey, so still pretty new to DD, But I wanted to ask if this was normal I Just finished my first session with me and a party member Facing off against <laughs> two other party members that's right. that's- So that, that's already a red flag Is that the party is fighting themselves um, We're all level 7 But one of the party members is a mug Who almost tripled my artificer's health With 131 damage Turn one with it with an attack. He also has 60 movement and 21 AC he is effectively immune to AoE damage. Just wanted to see if this is typical monk or something a little not right going on. Thanks. There's something uh, not going
2: wrong. There's something not right going
0: on. That is that does sound like a lot. That sounds very sus to me. Level seven. Sus. The mucks do <laughs> mucks do get an extra plus fifteen feet of movement. Um from an armor movement, but at, at level seven. But that's still that's still forty five like, base before that. Yeah, that's like forty five base, unless they took some other like feats at level four that gave them more movement. Maybe someone does a magic that's still a lot.
1: Them. Just have them explain uh, how they got there.
0: Yeah, that's also true. I, I, but like this is a lot of this is like sus. Uh, the AOE sounds fine because that's probably just his um, evasion.
1: Yeah, no, evasion, At evasion level, is,
0: your is really funny. Like evasion is just funny. Evasion is funny. Yeah. When you are a to an effect that allows you to make a dex save throw to take only half damage, you send take no damage if you succeed and only half if you fail. So that's pretty explanatory. 21 AC uh, sounds really high to me.
1: It sounds, no, it sounds doable because. No, that's doable. Like, no, that's very
0: much doable. Well, wait a minute. Why, why <laughs> do you think it's doable?
1: Because they got buffed by the Artificer, right?
0: No, 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 they were fighting. Um, the armor. That's, that's the part, part of no, 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 no. Here's where it's. Uh, there's the.
2: It sounds doable if there is magic items in play because there's this item, braces of defense. When yeah, wearing the braces, you gain game. two AC if you're wearing no armor and using no shield. That's basically hmm. made for unarmored defense and yeah, calculating armored defense like.
0: But still, that's like yeah, a, that's a, like a twenty dex and eighteen wisdom, and then that magic items so I keep in mind they have an is, artificer right so yeah the sounds like that the monk funny. is fighting i think so yeah i think they're fighting the, the artificer. artificer is fighting the monk 131 damage is also seems like a huge number to me yeah that's that's weird uh we have no clue
1: what's going on in your campaign so
0: this is but this is definitely sus you, you, need, gotta, like, you
1: need to ask them how they got there and they have yeah, to Yeah, you, you
0: gotta pull this guy aside and be like, how the fuck are you doing this? Okay, this next one by Stars Without Number. I have a player who fails to see that DD doesn't have a main character. There's a lot of problems with, with uh, people with main character syndrome. Uh, she has a book of a backstory and a quest to go with it how would you deal with this she was attempting to rally the players to help her on her quest as soon as she met them she was ordering npcs and play and players around
2: this, uh, this is a similar scenario as the uh, two questions ago where it's that should have been covered in session zero <laughs> but yeah. uh now that um, we're in the se- in the campaign it's a little late so um at this point i think he- you would need to pull them inside and tell them this is not what that campaign is all about. So, yeah.
0: like, this, this behavior is unacceptable. You're not the one in charge. There's other people at this table who are just as much of a star as you are in this game. Yep. Though, okay. But the backstory and quest to go with it, I don't think is inherently bad. Um, cause there are a lot of DMs who make, uh, character quests as like side quests. Um, which is, I think, is a great thing that makes people more interested in the world of the game and like going. No, a hundred percent. But that is not the main quest, and that's what I think this person needs to understand. It's like we could do that quest, but we'll get to it when it when we get to it. It's not the most important thing happening right now, uh, and telling other players what to do is just unacceptable.
1: Yeah. Also there's always
0: the option of just killing her off there's after the option of killing her off there's uh I did read about this where like if this one guy had a problem where like his character didn't really have a reason to be on the main quest um you could just like have the character leave go do his own thing and like you don't continue that storyline of course he, he, that character's gone he's doing his own thing, but then you make a new character that actually wants to, like, be a part of this main quest. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, a future campaign or later or something, like, that character who left and did their own thing comes back as an NPC, and, like, you can see what happened because they left and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't follow that person. They're not important to the main quest. They're not, like, a thing.
1: Yeah. Maybe she's just, like, really good at role playing. Her character, and her mm. character is just an annoying person, and then you can have, <laughs> right. that, right. You can have character development.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh, Ken, she learns some humility and like stops ordering people around like a bossy bitch. Yeah. What that does, she no, that, that sounds like a baller's about a baller uh, quest
1: though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. she gets downed right, and then the other players don't help her.
0: Oh yeah, of course not. So you're I if I'm playing a cleric and there's like the asshole. Of the party on the ground. But like over, over there there's like someone who's nice and actually like helps. I'm healing the nice person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just, you know, gonna kill the boss because clerics can fucking fight.
1: Yeah, clerics, clerics can fight. That's um a weird thing to say.
2: Got a group of <laughs> priests together, called them the Amen, and knocked down Tiamat's door asking for Ju- lunch money.
0: I love that so much. I want to do, I have so many ideas of stuff like that where I want to like make a a group that's all like campy. Just call yeah, it the Amen. Like, uh, campy, but like we all like follow some shtick of like we're gonna play as the Beatles Indian. <laughs> <laughs> We all we all be bards with slightly different personalities. <laughs> only slightly. <laughs> we're all gonna suddenly. We're all gonna have like the same facial hair. We're gonna be clean shaven for most of the campaign, and then suddenly we're all gonna have mustaches.
1: Wow, <laughs> we should do this. That's but then who's, gonna, who's gonna DM then? Uh, yeah. And
0: that's this would only be for. Um, it would only be a party of four.
1: Okay. Max, you can be, DM. Like, Max is my roommate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah we're college students by the way uh just so you know. <laughs> okay makes sense to me all right guys thanks for listening to three goblins Brand and thank you for submitting your questions join us next time on goblins and guidance and what does goblins blood consist of